ladies, thank you for coming. We really are excited about our program today. We have a lot of information and a lot of entertainment for you. Uh, but before we have the entertainment, I would like to introduce what we're thinking of doing next year for our program. Again, Bible studies in the spring and in the fall. We have a retreat that we had 40 women go to this year. We'd like to fill that. <laughs> We'd like to fill that whole building up this fall. That would be so cool. And they have so much entertainment, so much, not so well, so much, uh, so many things that you can do as a single person or as a group. The zip line, I thought I was going to do do my pants because I did not want to do it. But I got through it, and uh, after thinking about it for a couple weeks, yeah, I'm going to do it again next year. It was fun. It was a lot, of, especially going over the lake backwards. I didn't want to go over the lake backwards, but it just kind of turned me just as we were getting to the lake, and so I saw where I was at for the rest of the trip. But it was fun, and I encourage every one of you the message that the speaker has is awesome every year. I hope she comes back this year, and it's just, it's something you have to experience to understand how we felt about it. So, and then um, we're also going thinking of starting a new activity. It's called thrifting, where we hop from one thrift shop to the next Yay, Judy! <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I mean, we saved a ton of money. The things that we bought are just... And it was so exciting just to be... The, have the fellowship with the ladies that we did that day. We even brought our own lunches so we could sit there in the car and eat lunch and watch people trying to pack all their stuff that they bought in the cars. It was, it was a trip. One guy bought a tree... He had to take a three-tiered tree totally apart, which he wasn't supposed to have to do, but he had to take it all apart, branch by branch, so he could fit it in his car, and we watched the whole thing. It was funny. Anyway, uh, to not slow things down, um, we're going to have Renee Corbett speak a little bit about something that's really on a lot of our hearts that we've gone through several times and it's an exciting program and I can't wait for it to start again so I'm going to call Renee up here oh there you are kept looking down there for you um, I just want to say something about the Lake Ann trip too that that was something that um Anytime I've had an opportunity to go to a women's ministry retreat or a trip, um, I think the speaking and the, the challenging that the speakers give us is very important and very uh, it grows us and challenges us so much. But the fellowship is the other side of it, the fellowship of being able to visit with other women that, um, you know, we are around each other here at church or at, you know, some of you aren't from this church, but you are around your friends and you don't always get an opportunity to just talk and, and 
you know, grow together on a personal level outside of church. And so that's one thing that I've so much appreciated about any time I've had an opportunity to go to those retreats. I want to thank the ladies' ministry team, the lift team, ladies in fellowship together for all that they do. Um, Can I have all of them stand up? The ladies in fellowship team, Maggie, you don't know that I was going to do that, but they meet. Thank you so much, ladies, for your faithfulness. You meet regularly and you plan these events, these trips, um, and do so much in preparation for us to be fed and to um, have opportunities to minister to one another. And I greatly, greatly appreciate that, your leadership. Um, I also appreciate the opportunity just to introduce um, a ministry that's very dear to my heart. Um, Many of you have heard me speak this year on Revelation Wellness and uh, know that I, Julie Johnson, who couldn't be here today, um, but she and I went to Arizona and got um, certified as Revelation Wellness Instructors, which enables us to have access to more resources as well as the the information that we were fed and, and experience that we got. But um, as we came back from that in November, uh, we knew that our next step was to walk through the Bible study wellness revelation again in January. Now, revelation, well, let me step back just a second. We have a name for our ministry now. Um, We we didn't before. Um, We have had a group meeting all year long, Tuesday mornings, but I had never come up with a name because I just didn't have it yet. But I wanted to share that with you so that when you hear it, you'll know what we're talking about. It's called Radiant Wellness Ministries. And uh, that's a ministry that the Lord has put on my heart, a vision for. Um, It comes from Psalm 34, 4 and 5, which I forgot to get the scripture. I was going to read it to you. I need to memorize it. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their their faces will never be ashamed. And I think in our lives, there's when I talk about wellness, I'm not talking just about physical wellness. I am not talking about diets. I am not talking about um, exercise for the purpose of just exercise. I am talking about holy and healthy wellness. And um, so many times we are sabotaged and held back by the fears that we have, by um, emotions and feelings and so much that weighs us down and um, more than more than weight itself. But um, I love this verse that says he delivered me from when we seek the Lord, when we're renewing our minds in the Lord. He delivers us from our fears. And those who look to him are radiant with joy. There is a freedom that comes through Christ. And it and it is apparent on our faces. And their faces will never be ashamed. This ministry incorporates Bible study. I actually have a, a I have shared this a little bit with um, our church, but I do have a, a vision for a center in town, in town or in Lapeer, um, that will not happen right now, but we are starting here currently with a Bible study, Bible study on wellness, a support group that meets weekly, um, Revelation fitness classes, so that's like a fitness, a fitness class, 30-minute fitness class, but it incorporates prayer and scripture into it as well. 
and then uh, other health classes, and in the future, I would really like to have counselors that can be there at that center. But that that is a vision um, that the Lord has given me a couple years ago that I'm just gradually seeing him give us each next right step. And so January is our next right step, which is our, we're going to offer a wellness revelation. It's a, it'll be a nine-week session from January 12th. We're going to meet on Saturday mornings because um, we really want to be able to give it an opportunity to those of you that work. Um, if you can at all attend, it, it will be worth your time. But Saturday mornings from 8 to 10 for about nine weeks, January 12th through March 9th, all of you are invited. You do not have to be from this church. It does not cost you anything other than to buy your book, which you can do on Amazon or you can do through us. But um, God is making us new. There's a video I want to just, a quick two and a half minute video that I want to show that introduces this ministry. In the beginning, a good God had a very good idea. Let us make, let us make man in our image. You were God's good idea. You are a good idea. Your body is the meeting place, the place where you and God live, the place where he takes away the old and makes things new. You are a new creation. I'm a new creation. Every day is my get to. I get to renew my mind, strengthen my heart, and heal my soul and ready my body to love. I may not look like a completed work, but look into my eyes and you will see my heart is coming alive. What looks incomplete to man is of no matter to God. This body holds my story. A God story. It's a good, good story. God leads. I follow. And I bring my body with me. This body is God's home. I will not shame it, hate it, rate it, discount it, forget it, misuse it, or curse it. I will not worship it. I am a new creation. You are a new creation. A holy vessel of love and truth. Forged through pressure and time. You are God's story. God's good, good idea. Come connect with us as you're being made new. This, we do not, like I said, this is not about the fitness. You'll see, you see fitness stuff, but this is not about the fitness. This is about the freedom that comes through moving our bodies, worshiping together, and studying God's word. And uh, I look forward to each of you that can participate in that. Um, this is healing emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental. This is not just physical. Um, the words that come to mind when I think of this ministry are support, encouragement, 
a safe place, worship. And one of the most biggest words in my mind is freedom. Um, before Revelation Wellness, I, I had learned a lot about the spiritual side of my um, physical well-being. And, um, but Revelation Wellness has opened, up, opened it up in a whole new way to me. And um, the freedom that, that has come for me um, of being able to concentrate on the Lord's view of me has changed my life dramatically. So I look forward to sharing that with you. Um, January 12th, 8 to 10 on Saturday mornings, we'll be getting information about it. As soon as you see it, I hope that you'll share it. If you're interested, share it with someone you know, invite anyone you know, and uh, look forward to Thank you for letting me uh, introduce that ministry. Okay, I was conned into coming back up here and talk about what Revelation Wellness means to me a lot. It has changed a lot of my thinking, my life, my health, things I never thought I could do. And I promised I wouldn't cry, but look at me. It's more than just physical. It's the exercises that you saw those people. And if I would have just thought that's how you had to work out, I would have never, ever been able to do it. But they're so accommodating in this class that just working out meant so much because I could do it at my level. I was coached. I was watched to make sure I didn't hurt myself. And yeah, I go away probably crawling around on my hands and knees <laughs> because it hurts and it's tough, but it's good. And learning that God is there with you all the time, not just when you call him. He's there whether you like it or not. He's right there. And that is the biggest thing I have walked away with from there, and I can't wait until January to go through this program again. It'll be my third time. I have learned a lot. I have learned to push some food away. Not so much today, but <laughs> learned to push a lot of a, a, away and say, no, not this time. And it's very good, and I think Renee and Julie, for introducing us to this and being such willing partners. I mean, we have become such a close family through this that we can go to either Julie or Renee or anybody else in the group and talk about our frustrations, and you'll get the support. It's a good support group. It's wonderful. I don't know what else to say other than... It's more than the words that I come out of my mouth can express. So if you have a chance at all, please come out in January and be part of our family. Whether you go to this church or whether you go to another church or whether you don't go to church at all, come out on Saturday morning. It's awesome. It's the ultimate. Thank you.
Fanny, you're always making us late. I'm coming. Always waiting on you. I'm coming. Where are we going? Remember, this is the day we are giving tree decorating tips. Hang on. Any day you know now. I ain't too good at stairs. Hop here. All right. Look at all these fine ladies out here. Ooh. We're so happy to be back, Where are aren't we? These? I didn't think anybody was going to be here. What are they doing there? Well, this who we're giving the tips to. Nice party, ain't they? Yes, they is. Okay. We're happy to be back with you this year. Now, in the past, we've given you tips on Christmas baking and on Christmas sewing. This year, we're giving you tips on Christmas tree decorating. Okay? I thought we was going to bake today. We're not baking. We're doing the tree. All right? Looks like it's already done. It's bare. <laughs> Okay, so number one tip that I always try to do ahead of time is lay out all my stuff that we're going to need because she's useless. Okay, so I got the ornaments here, got the lights, got the tinsel. Leave that be. We're not ready for that yet. Okay, so we lay everything out here, get it ready. Then the first thing we start with is the lights. Now. Some people like to start the lights at the bottom of the tree. That's all wrong. Wrong. No. We start at the top of the tree. Some people go up and down the tree. We're going to go around the tree. So you just hold these. Follow me around. Okay? Follow me around. I'm going to do start up here at the top. Show these ladies. Okay, let's see. Way are we going? We're gonna go this way. Follow okay. me around the tree. Okay. And you just kind of tuck them in there. Okay. Like this, and make them. You know, we got. We don't want to go skimpy on the lights. You got to get a lot of them in there. Okay. Uh. How am I doing? I think how, something's how not right here, Fanny. As usual, you're doing something wrong. What? We're you start said go around the tree. Do you yeah. hear somebody a knocking? Something's going on. Somebody's over there. a knocking. I hear them. Well, I'm kind of uh -oh. twisting up. Surprise! Oh, Did you know no. she was a coming? Here's a big old Ever surprise. Since you told me this morning on the phone that you were decorating the tree, I thought I'd surprise you. It's, it's so good to oh, see you. It's little silver. It is so good to see you. Stupid, how do you think I got here? Oh, I've been driving for three hours. I live ten miles time. away, so I brought my luggage on stand a for a week. She's sure not long enough when it comes to you. She's staying now for just, a week, Fanny. What are you a week? Doing it's over Christmas here. time. Yes. Family what time. What tarnation? How you never was the it? brightest bulb on the tree, was you, Fanny? No, I'd say she wasn't. What did you I was do just, to her? I was just telling Let me help you untangle these so lights. Wrong. What are we doing anyway, Oh, skip Thelma? the lights. Let's go on to the next thing. Okay, what's okay. the next thing? You know, tip number two. What's tip number two? Well, we do the ornaments. But remember now, don't Ooh. go a clumping too many of the same color. I, I never like. do. Fanny yeah, does. She's like the one that doesn't ones. get it. I know how to decorate it. No. Like. Now remember, I Mama like always told us girls, 
Make sure you space them out. Hey. So we don't have Thelma. She can't even hang on to the bulb. Thelma? I like How the red one. Uh, you always were the wild and crazy one of us. Ain't that you pretty? mean the life of the party, don't you? you? No, I mean the troublemaker. That no. one jumped right the out of, of my party. hand. Yes. Let's go okay, ahead and so, finish decorating. Yes, okay. and remember, space the colors out. We don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I like the red ones. Fanny. You can space them blue ones over there. I'm going to put the red ones right Fanny, we're here. supposed to be spacing out the color, remember? Oops, I'm getting the red I'm ones seeing you a clumping. Right You're a clumping. No, no, the red, red ones, ones are spaced. Oh, oh, look at it. jumped right well, off the tree. Who did that? You're what a you clumping red do ones is together. Fanny. We're spacing sure these things Fanny out. doesn't know what she's doing. Okay. Okay, now something missing that you might want to oh, do while you're hanging no. the bulbs. How come no so one's hanging them down low because y'all can't bend over? <laughs> what the heck? You, you can dance. You don't seem to have no trouble bending over I even like with that it. fanny. I like that. Oh. Okay. Uh, I lost weight since last time I was here. You, you lost you weight? I sure did, see? Whoa, you be looking good. You did lose Look a few pounds, didn't you? You got a little baby yeah, snowman Thelma. there with you too, don't you? A little baby snowman? Uh, I think Sunny Fanny's putting the snowman family up night. here on the tree. What in tarnation are you doing? That looks horrible. We are kind of missing the music. We should be singing Mama's favorite song, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, that's a great idea, I Thelma. think so, Let's too. Let's all sing what was Mama's yes. favorite anyways. I remember. Me too. Ready? Yes. Ready. We're singing Mama's favorite song. You okay. ready? Okay. Joy, Joy the to the world of She doesn't know what she's doing. Martha, it's right. good to see you. How'd you What's get in fun? here? I didn't even know you was here. I already told you I drove you, nitwit. She already Ooh. forgot. I'm telling you, her memory's not what it used to oh, be. Oh, so we're doing tinsel? Tinsel's the final thing you want to do I on your tree. always was her favorite. Tip. Oh, yay. I don't think you're anybody's favorite. Who put them steps there? I don't know, but get that ornament while you're down there. That's where I was going. Okay. Uh, this tinsel's a little bit blobby. Remember how Mom always said, just a little don't light. Don't tinsel. Just a little bit on each branch. You don't blob it on like that, just like you don't put all the red in I one got, spot. That's pretty, ain't it's it? It's starting to look like a spider web back here. Ugh. I just don't know. We're supposed to be helping all these fine people out how to get decorated tree. What's this? Fanny. That's that star. The star on goes. Top. It goes on the top of the tree, Fanny. On top and above the, all the stuff here. I know, but it goes up Ain't there. Ain't that pretty? You put it on top of your snowman family. Yeah. It goes up there on the top of the tree. Yeah, on top. You said on right top. Right here. Put it on top of the snowman family. Okay. There. Okay. There you go. That looks much better. 
This tinsel, however, doesn't look too good. Thank you, sister. Bertha, you got it stuck all over your... My foo-foo. Whatever that is you're wearing. What Are you, you wearing your pajamas? Your, what you got on your ears, I think Bertha? you're in your pajamas. my earrings. What do they look like? They look like Christmas tree ornaments. We ready to move on to another tip? We're done with the tinsel. She always did like to show off, didn't she? Yeah, she was a little showy. Yeah. She always wore the, you know, gaudy stuff. Gaudy. I can't get them to stick on mine. That's because your earlobes are sagging. All right. Okay. That's ridiculous. All right. Okay, so when all else fails and your tree looks like that, you can always just pull out the, hey, where's my ornament on this here one? You can always just pull out the little spare decorated up little tinsel. There we go. When all else fails, there's our Christmas tree. (laughs) And always remember... To keep Christ in Christmas and spread the love. That's the most important thing. Even if you have Jesus little, talks about that in John. Even if you have Chapter difficult 15, we family need to members. love each other. Excuse me? Uh-huh. <laughs> even if we have difficult family members that can't seem to remember anything and that pop in to stay for a week, a week, Oh, boy, help us. We're going to have fun, Thelma. We're going to have this fun. This one I don't know about. Spread the love. Hi, Bertha. Spread when did love. you get here? Oh, for good Lord's sake, oh. I got here an hour ago. Come on, sisters. You let's sure go are eat. looking good, oh, girl. Come Thank on. you. Lights are awful bright, TJ. <laughs> this is scary. My son-in-law's in charge of my microphone and my lights. I don't know if it's scary for him or scary for me. <laughs> so, if you don't know who I am, I am Diane Blount. Um, I've been coming to church here for about 12 years. Um, I have a lot of children, but we'll get started with a word of prayer and then pray that I don't lose it. <laughs> okay. Um, Dear Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity today to share my testimony with these beautiful ladies. Lord, I just pray that um, it might touch their lives and that it might be an encouragement to others. Lord, um, please help my voice to stay strong and please help me to control my emotions. And uh, Lord, we just then, again, thank you so much for this opportunity to worship you and to fellowship together. In your precious and heavenly name, amen. Okay, well, I cannot read with my glasses on, so I'm going to have to take them off because I have all of my notes typed out beautifully, thanks to my dear friend Anita. And then my oldest proofread this for me as well um, because I didn't want my girls to see this beforehand. So I was born in March of 1967, and if you ever met my husband, he would say I was the reason they had the riots because it was the 67 riots in Detroit. However, that was not why the riots were, but anyhow. Um, When I was born, uh, my mom was attending a Catholic church. She grew up uh, as a Catholic girl in an all-girls Catholic school in New York, and um, so she had me christened at birth as a Catholic. Um, But my dad was saved as a child and 
was raised as a Baptist, however, he wasn't attending church. So my mom would get up every Sunday and take me to Mass, and my dad would mock her and say, well, why are you taking her there? And she said, well, if your church is so good, why don't you get up and go? Well, then he finally started going, and then she went with him. And when my mother was eight months pregnant with my brother Daryl, she was saved. And she was baptized, eight months pregnant, at Grace Baptist Church in the city of Warren. Um, And so ever since then, my mom continued to raise us in the Baptist Church, all four of us. I'm the oldest of four. I have a a brother Daryl, my sister Debbie, and um, my brother David. And my mom worked midnights the entire time we grew up so that she could always attend our school events and our ball games. She's a registered nurse. She's retired several times, but she still continues to work to this day, and she'll be 75 in May. Um, but she would work all night and still take us to church, and I'm so grateful for the importance of her teaching us about Christ and how important it is to have him uh, the focus of our lives. I was saved at the age of nine, just right after I turned nine, in March 22nd of 1976. Um, and I, so I grew up in church, and my home church was Algonac uh, Baptist Church, and my pastor's wife at the time was I was a teenager was Vicki Lewis, and she was my Sunday school teacher all through my teen years, and she always encouraged me to study the Bible and to pray for my future husband. And so I had a really good bond with this lady, um, her being my pastor's wife and also my Sunday school teacher in those teen years, which can be fun and trying all at the same time. Um, But right after I graduated from high school in 1985 from Marine City, my pastor and his family were called to another church. Um, And I was devastated. Because here, you know, my Sunday school teacher and my pastor that I grew up for years were going to be gone. And I was thinking, oh, now what? You know, and that was the first time I ever went through the process of replacing a pastor. So... Um, we went through the process where you candidate and, you know, listen to them, and then they finally bring somebody before you to vote, and we finally voted on somebody, and his name was Charles Redman. His wife was also Vicki, and he became our pastor, and right after they came, it was this time of year, like November and December, and um, so it was holiday time, and he wanted to have um, a dinner for Thanksgiving, and so he invited a guest speaker which was um, Dr. Golden Blount, and that's when I got to meet the Blount family. So he came with um, his wife, Joanne, and his son, Tom, and daughter-in-law, Judy, who was pregnant with James at the time, and their daughter, Tanya. And they spent the day with us, and while they were there, Alan was back at his dad's church taking care of business. So um, that was my first experience with them, and I remember Dad joking about how he had Tanya up for to date, but she had to fill out an application and all this stuff, and he was trying to get rid of Alan because he was still living at home, and, you know, my father-in-law had a great sense of humor, so I just remember that about him. That was my first impression of that family. In December, my church always had a Christmas banquet, and it wasn't just a ladies' thing. It was a church-wide Christmas banquet, and my pastor had invited... Alan Blount to speak and sing with the intention of fixing us up. So I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I went with my mom and my sister, and we all went to this thing. And, you know, they questioned me, what you think? Well, I was like, oh, whatever, you know. Well, then later down the road, they set up dates and things like that, and we'd wind up dating. And so a year and a half later, he was, became my husband. And when I married my husband, he was youth pastor and a music director. Now, I had served in ministry all growing up at church. I worked in the nursery, I worked in um, children's church, 
Vacation Bible School. Um, never teens, though, because I wasn't much out of my teen years. <laughs> so when I married him, it was jumping in head first to teen ministry and the music. And his sister was in my youth group. And that was a lot of fun. Judy could share stories. I can remember we were married, came home from our honeymoon, and the very first thing we had to do was Super Rally. And Super Rally was you take these group of teens to Cedar Point, they run around the park all day, they meet one time of the day, and um, you check on them, and then they hear a speaker and special music. And we literally came home Sunday, the next day was Super Rally. Well, Tom and Judy took them down there for us, and we met them. And then we went to camp in July, married six weeks, and I go to youth camp, and his sister's in my bunk. And we put our stuff down, go to lunch, come back, and a whole church moved all of our stuff out of their bunk. And then Tanya got upset. I remember calling Tom and Judy, come and get me. I'm not staying here. This is ridiculous. You know, so I learned a lot about ministry right away. So, um, but serving as a, the associate pastor's wife, it was a lot of fun serving with my husband and with my um, extended family, the Blount family. Uh, my father was a great pastor, and my mother was a great pastor's wife. I learned a lot from her. So we um, were married for a little while before we had Gregory, and he was born in March of 1991, and he was named Gregory Allen after his dad. Give me a minute. Then 14 months later, we had Danielle Renee. And I remember when I had Greg, I said, that wasn't that bad, all these horror stories. You have these babies, and it was terrible. You're in pain for days. And then you finally have this kid. I really didn't think it was that bad. I really didn't. I'm like, well, that really wasn't that bad. Oh, girls, like, you'll be back in here. I won't be back in a year. But it really wasn't that bad. Well, it wasn't a year. It was 14 months. And I had Danielle. And a pastor actually said, honey, do you all have a TV set? I said, yes, sir. I was like, okay. Um, then four years later, we had Deanna Marie in, in uh, April of 1996. And not quite before Deanna was one, uh, Alan became the pastor of Mammoth Baptist Church in Utica, and I became a pastor's wife. And it was very challenging at times, but I really did enjoy being a pastor's wife, um, uh, serving with my husband, and I served in a Awana ministry there. We had a ladies' ministry. Um, I loved doing the mother-daughter banquet and the Christmas tea. Those were a lot of my favorite times of serving as a pastor's wife. While we were there pastoring, though, um, I uh, had miscarried two children. And the first time it happened, I had fallen off of a ladder and broke my arm. And I didn't know I was pregnant, so we just kind of thought maybe that's what had caused me to lose that baby. And I wasn't very far along. But then not long, about a year or so after that, um, I got pregnant again. And I was not quite four months. And I started spotting. And I had to go in. And they told me that... Um, I lost the baby. So then I had to have a procedure to make sure I didn't get an infection. At that time, it was closer to the holidays. And that year, I really struggled with Christmas. It was, I remember the tree sitting out back at the house. And we had kids. I had three kids. And I didn't even want to put a tree up. So for a long time, I struggled with that. But then, in 1999, the Lord blessed me with Victoria Rose, my first rainbow baby. And she's Victoria because she was my victory after having two losses. I did, however, miscarry one more after Victoria and before I had Zachary Golden. And I'll tell you, God gave me Zach to keep me hopping. Even on the days 
that I don't want to keep going, there's Zach. Gonna keep me going. So, the summer before Zach was born, Alan felt it was time to step down as pastor, and he accepted a position at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pontiac as an associate pastor and music director. Uh, my husband had a, a double major in Bible and music. Although he loved to preach and he was very knowledgeable, um, he had a great gift for music. He loved to direct a cantata. Judy and I have sang in many of cantatas of his, uh, celebrating the 4th of July and Christmas. And he was in his element directing those. I, he, uh, just like when Keith is, when he's directing music, you could just see the joy in his face. He, he really loved that. Um, while he was there, uh, I was working at Rochester Hills Christian School, and he started subbing in there. And that's where our, child, our children went to school. They went to Rochester Hills Christian School before I moved here. Um, well, then he began to start teaching there full time, and we left Emmanuel. And so then we were both working there and helping serve in other ministries. And with Awana, he would preach in uh, chapel for the school. Um, he would sing often. He would help uh, direct music if the music director was out of town. Whatever was needed, he was willing to do. In August of 2006, we lost Alan to a massive heart attack. He was 45, and I was 39. Greg was 15. Danielle was 14. Deanna was 10. Victoria was 5. And Zach was 4. And I did bring a picture of my husband because... Some of you have never met him, and I thought maybe you might like to know what he looked like. Renee knows because he's Renee's cousin. This is my husband, Alan, before he passed away. He did very, for a lot of years, he had a mustache. And if you ever saw any pictures of his Grandpa Hill with the mustache, he looked just like his Grandpa Hill. But I'll leave these pictures up here later if you would like to look at them. So... Um, I'm move my notes. I'm going to move my pictures. Um, and however, we were not expecting Alan to pass away. So that was very tragic. And um, I remember going to tell his dad, who was very sick in the hospital with cancer, Tom and Judy, and we all headed up to the hospital. And dad's like, what are you guys doing here? We having a party? And Tom says, no. Dad, we lost Alan last night. And his response was, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know if I could do that if I just lost my son, but his faithfulness just shone through. Six weeks later, we lost my father-in-law, Golden, to cancer, and he had been sick for quite a while, but I also think he was heartbroken losing his son. Now, for the past 12 years, my family has been here in my city. I moved my children here because Tom and Judy were here, Tanya was here, Aunt Sharon and her family were here. We spent a lot of time up here camping with my kids over the summers at Aunt Sharon and Uncle Miles. And um, we've lost a lot of loved ones in those 12 years. We've lost my mother-in-law, my brother Daryl, my brother-in-law Golden, and my Aunt Sharon. Um, and there was a time when my mother-in-law was living with us and I was taking care of her. My faith was very weak. And I was tired of losing loved ones and I got mad at God. But I know that the prayers of my friend, Cheryl Herbert, she knew I was struggling, and she prayed for me. And I was able to get my faith back to where it needed to be and have my trust back in God. But however, I don't want you to think of all the trials we've been through because God has allowed all of these things to take place in my family's life to make me, my children, what we are today. I struggle at times, however, 
and I'm trying to change my thinking to be more positive so that people can see Jesus in me. Um, I'm working two jobs right now, and there are times at night when I'm working my second job, the girls will go, it's only 6 o'clock, we've only, we're only halfway through. And I know you can't look at it like that. You can't say, it's only 6 o'clock. It's like, it's already 6 o'clock, we're halfway there. So I'm trying to change that way of thinking and everything I do. I'm still struggling with that. Um, so I've been working at Emily City Christian School, not right away after Alan passed. I took a year off to spend it with Zachary because he was the only one who wasn't in school, and I had worked since he was born. And then I began to work here at the church cleaning, and then um, an opportunity arrived for me to get a position at Emily City Schools, and I've been there since September of 2012. And six of those years, I've been working in the early childhood program, and I've earned my early childhood accreditation. So I spend my day with preschoolers, and I love it. I get paid to play with kids and teach them how to recognize things and how to play with each other. And it is one of my passions. I do, I really love it. My second job is I work at Timmer's Fried Chicken. And I work there on the weekends and at nights. And it's a family-run business, and she knows I go to church, and she works around my church schedule so that I'm not here working for her on Sunday morning or on Wednesday nights. And um, she knows that's important to me. And so she respects that. And, and the people that God has placed me in my life there are wonderful ladies to work with. They all have such a great attitude. And I'm grateful for that second job that he allowed me to find. During these 12 years, raising my kids from transitioning from a private school to a public school, I'm glad that they're in Emily City because it's a small community, not a huge community, um, for them to be in a public school system. And I do believe that if the Lord allowed Alan to stay, my children would have never gone to Liberty University. And so even though it's been tough, it's been a huge blessing because um, Gregory graduated from Liberty with a bachelor's degree in youth ministries, and he serves here, helps um, with the teens. He also plays in the praise band every Sunday. He will preach if Pastor John needs him to. He also helps others. And for those of you who don't know that I have five children, and my boys are not with me today, but my girls are, this is a picture of them. When my daughter got married a few years ago. And although Zach does not look like that anymore and he would be embarrassed, but this is what Zach looks like now because he looks like a baby here, okay? So I'll uh, leave these up here for you again for you to um, look at them. And then Danielle also graduated from Liberty University with a bachelor's degree in psychology where she met her husband, TJ, who is currently running the sound for us. And he also was a graduate of Liberty University with a bachelor's in business. And Danielle is currently working on her master's degree in early childhood. And so I have a cute little picture of the two of them here. Okay. And then my daughter, Deanna, just graduated from Liberty University with a bachelor's degree in government, Western legal traditions. She is currently taking a year to prepare for law school. And she works with her mother every day from 6.30 to 12.30 with those little preschoolers. And she's been a great blessing, and I'm glad to have her work with us. And I'm glad to have her home for a year because when I dropped Gregory off in 2009, I did not know I was going to be traveling back and forth to Liberty for eternity. <laughs> and I think it's going to happen again because she thinks that's where she wants to go to law school is back in Virginia. So God is really pushing me with that trip to Liberty because I don't like the mountains. I don't like bridges. And Gregory just says, Mom, just sit in the back sleep, seat and go to sleep. And we got this. So he just does all the driving. And then my daughter, Victoria, um, who's standing back there, 
uh, graduated from Illinois City High School in 2017, and she's a very hardworking young lady. She is currently working three jobs, not because I make her, but because she has chose to be a responsible young lady. She babysits her cousins, London, who's with us today, and sometimes helps out with her cousins, Jameson and Olive. And then she also watches um, a bunch of little kids called the Nikowskis, and uh, their mom has currently become a single parent. And this lady has four children. Victoria will help her get them to school. And she also cleans house for her because that lady is a social worker for St. Clair County. So she's very busy and she does need extra hand. However, when Victoria does all these jobs for people, she doesn't say, you owe me this for this job. She just says, whatever you can afford to pay me is what I'll take. And, and that's, how she, that's just how she charges people. I always say, what does Victoria charge for sitting? Whatever you can afford. So she's been a blessing to many. And then she also works at Tiana's Dollars and Deals in Emily City. Then my youngest, Zach, my little reason, I know God gave him for me for a reason, because he's just always going. He's currently a junior at Emily City High School, and he is studying business and entrepreneurship at the EdTech program. He also works at Lucky's as a dishwasher and a busser, so you may see him there occasionally. And in the spring, he's an umpire for Emily City Boys Baseball. When I got married in June of 1989, I never would have imagined being a widow at 39, raising five kids without their daddy. But God is so good and has brought me and my kids so far. And I'm so great, grateful for where he has brought us today and for the people for that have prayed for us and encouraged us through our journey. Tom and Judy have been a great source of support through all of this. They are one of the main reasons I moved here because our children are all so close in age. So when I enrolled those kids in that public school system, Greg and Danielle had Lauren, Deanna had Caleb, uh, Victoria had Kendra. They all had somebody that would be there if they were having a rough day. And that was why I know that the Lord had us come here. And we got to be part of this church and this ministry, and I would never change it again. I, I'm so grateful for that. So that is my testimony. However, I did want to share what Christmas means to me because it is Christmas time. And I don't want you guys to feel sorry for us because we're doing amazing because God is so good to us. We have what we need. We have um, more than we need at times. And I remind the kids that when we get those things, those are blessings. The Lord is just blessing us a little bit more. We're, we don't go without things that are needed. And... Um, and I've taught my kids to be hard workers. You have to work what you want what you, and for what you need. But I would like to share just a few minutes of what Christmas means to me. And so just like their dad would have done, I've taken Christmas and given him something for every letter. Because that's what their dad would have done if he had been here today. So the first letter in Christmas, I'm going to use the word Christ. Because the reason we have Christmas is because God sent his son to be born. And just like in the Charlie around Christmas, where Linus quotes Luke 2.11, I'm going to read that for you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, and you will find your ba the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So the reason we have a, re a reason to celebrate Christmas is because God sent his son to Jesus to be born. My next letter is H. And I'm going to reflect on the word home. As my kids begin to get older and went away to college or got married and were out of the state of Michigan for a while, I always wanted home to be special when they came home for Christmas break. So if the other siblings were like, what are you doing? Well, I would strip their beds and wash their sheets so their sheets would be freshly clean. 
I would make their favorite meals when they were home. Gregory always liked a rose. Deanna likes a meatloaf. Danielle just wanted me to cook food because she was sick of food that they had at school. She didn't care what I fixed. Um, sometimes I would make homemade cinnamon rolls or big breakfasts. Um, I remember one year, I finally put some lights outside of the house. And I'm not very tall, so and I didn't have a ladder. So I just kind of wrecked him wherever I could. And Gregory came home, and he said, what's with the lights on the house? I thought we were the Grinch on the street. So I was like, no, you know, I finally got it together. Now there are no lights up out of my house now, just inflatables, because I just don't have the time to put the lights out. And it's very cold right now. So, um, and my kids are all busy. So the next letter in Christmas is R. And I'm going to talk about the word rejoice, because the Bible says we had to rejoice in the Lord always in Philippians 4. And I believe every day is a time to rejoice, but however, Christmas time, those who struggle, hopefully they can get with family and friends and find a reason to be rejoicing. And then maybe have that joy all year long, not just at Christmas. And then letter I, I like to think about the innocence of children at Christmas. Um, to see Christmas through the eyes of a child. Um, Charlie Brown is really for children. But I love Charlie Brown. It's so funny because Maggie originally had asked me to speak in the spring, and my son, Zach, plays baseball. And I said, oh, I can't commit to that because I follow my kid everywhere he goes when he plays ball. And um, she said, well, that's okay. We'll look ahead. And she did not know that Charlie Brown is like my favorite. If you come to my classroom, there's Charlie Brown everywhere. Like Christmas time, Charlie Brown's everywhere. So this was totally the Lord, the whole thing. The Lord did that. But looking at Christmas through the eyes of a child. So, um, because they haven't been beaten up by the world. They're not down, you know, with worry of bills and responsibilities. They just enjoy the day. And I can remember, like, my Zach, when he was four. And we went to Disney World, Tom and Judy's family. And here's this, all this stuff. Mickey and Minnie and the big castle and all these things. And we're walking across this bridge. And there's these ducks just floating by under the bridge. And Zach goes, Uncle Tom. Look, they even have those ducks, and they're beautiful. Now, we're all like, we're at Disney World, and he sees the ducks. But, I mean, through the eyes of a child, you know. And then one Christmas, we were out driving around, and he was little, and his dad was still alive at the time. And um, we see the Christmas lights, and he goes, oh, Daddy, look, that's Jesus. Like, every light he saw, that's Jesus. And why he thought that, I don't know, but... That's Zach, you know, and that's, I mean, it was just the innocence of a child, so. And then letter S, the spirit of Christmas. So I found this little quote, and I just thought it was important. To have Christmas spirit means to get excited about all the decorations, the holiday baking, the music, the gift giving. However, there's a difference between those who really have Christmas spirit and those who don't. For those who really have Christmas spirit, you could take away all the trees, the lights, the presents, the food, and the music, and their joy would still be there. I would hope I could be that type of person. And then T. T is tradition for traditions. And I love traditions, and I don't like change. I despise change. And the Lord has done so much change in my life in 12 years. 12 years ago, I was praying that God would send me a new neighbor because my neighbor was so mean to her mom. And the police were always over there, and she was mean to my kids. She was like that, the sandlot, you know, when the ball would go over in the yard, we were never getting it back. Never getting it back. 
And God gave me new neighbors, but I was the one that had to move. So you got to be careful how you pray. So, um, but traditions, we have several in my family. When um, I was still home alone with my mom, my first job, I was a waitress at a Chinese restaurant. And um, my pastor, Pastor Redmond, had a Christmas Eve service that I had to work. And so mom said, well, we'll go to church and you bring dinner home and we'll have dinner when you get home. So that was Chinese food. So ever since then, on Christmas Eve, we always have Chinese food. Now, the Blount family tradition is to have a Christmas Eve service. And I actually have a picture of my father-in-law sitting in his church hosting a Christmas Eve service. Now, Christmas Eve is hard for my kids not to do it with their dad or their grandpa because their dad would sing. And when Tom and Judy were still there, Tom would sing. Judy would sing. I'm not much of a singer, but I would sing with them. Um, And the kids would all take part. And once Tom and Judy moved up here, Dad kind of made my older kids start stepping up. So Greg doesn't like to sing, but he would do a reading, and he would read a story. Um, Dad read a lot of stories. Alan would sing. Danielle would sing. Um, So Christmas Eve can be hard at church for us. Maybe in time, we might be able to be part of the Christmas Eve service again. Gregory has already transitioned to that, but Gregory's a lot stronger than the rest of us. (laughs) So... Or at least he lets us think he is. But so one of our traditions is we have um, Chinese food for dinner after Christmas Eve service. And then when dinner is all done, all my kids get to open a gift from mom. They already know what it is, but they have to open it anyways. They all get their Christmas PJs. Now once they're open, they all have to put them on and get that annual Christmas PJ picture for me every year. And every year, Zach's falling off the back of the couch. Victoria's trying to hang on this end, and we can't all fit everybody on the couch, so now we're like on the couch, on the floor, it's just, because the kids get bigger, they can't just sit on the back of the couch anymore. When they were little, they could sit anywhere. Now they're all bigger than I am, you know? So I'm grateful for those traditions that we have. Um, And then M for memories. Memories are wonderful. For the memories like my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, they help us remember those who've gone to heaven, and we can share those memories of our loved ones. When we get together with Tom and Judy for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we like to tell a funny story about Grandma, you know, and we all have a funny story about Grandma. I mean, the time where she lost her phone and they called us, and we were, we were still in Pontiac, and Dad called and said, we can't find Mom's phone anywhere, but we've, like, we've torn everything apart. You have to come down here and tear the lazy boy apart. Well, at that time, Alan was teaching in school. He was doing teacher conferences. Lord knows how stressful that. You cannot just leave teacher conferences to tear a lazy boy apart to find a phone. So we're like, well, you, Dad, you're just going to have to wait till tomorrow. Maybe we can get down there. He calls a little bit later. We found the phone. Where was it? Mom had it in her bra. <laughs> she didn't feel it going off. She could hear it going off because she was deaf in one ear. It was in her, yeah, yeah. So that's a funny one. Um, we were getting ready for Alan's funeral. And Austin rode with Grandma, and Grandma gets out of the van. He goes to open the door for her. As she gets out of the van at the funeral home, her skirt falls down. However, she still had her slip on, so praise the Lord for that, for her and Austin both. However, Grandma chuckled. Uh, Austin was like, oh, oh, Grandma, Grandma. So, I mean, and we, they are, they're funny to be able to share this. So we've got some great memories, too, because like, um, Grandma and Aunt Sharon were great cooks, and they taught us a lot. Um, 
And Aunt Sharon would be so proud of this display today. And she'd be so thankful that Chris Fox has taken over the direction of that because she's perfect for it. I mean, to the, I guess she was up here with Rick earlier. I think that's how she is when she decorates the church. So Gregory says that she's, she does very well filling Aunt Sharon's shoes. But Aunt Sharon would just think this is absolutely gorgeous. She's looking down from heaven and going, good job, guys, good job. So I'm grateful for those memories. A is for aroma, the smells of Christmas. From the scent of the real Christmas tree, if you can have it without sneezing, um, to the Christmas ham that Pastor uh, John always talks about in his ham gravy, the Christmas cookies, the list could go on. We all have our favorite scents. To, maybe it's Grandma's perfume. You know, maybe it's to the scent of somebody burning wood in a fireplace in your neighborhood or your own fireplace. The scents that bring back those Christmas memories. And then the last letter is S. And I chose Danielle's song for this reason. Because she asked me to pick her song. She sent me three songs. said, give me a minute. And I listened to them all. And I took to pick this one because S is for Savior. Why did God send his son that Christmas time to be a Christ child? So that he could be the Savior of the world. And in John 3.16, it talks about why he sent his son. And I have two sons, and I love them dearly. And I love all you, but I will not give up my son for you. I can't imagine God doing that for us, being able to look down and see how sometimes we're not always so nice. And that's what we're trying to teach our kids at school. Our theme this year is to be kind. And there are days that I don't want to be kind because some of those parents are not so kind. But then God is like, you must be kind. You're supposed to be a Christian. And I want people to see Christ in me. So I have to change my attitude. And, and John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the reason he sent that baby to be born of that virgin was so that he could be the Savior of the world. And if he is not your Savior today, I accepted him in March of 1976 to be my savior. And yes, I made mistakes. I am human. Um, I'm not making excuses for that, but God is forgiving. He doesn't look at what I've done. He's just grateful that I am continuing to be faithful and serve him. And when I ask him for forgiveness, he forgives me. He doesn't hold a grudge. He doesn't bring up those past sins. Remember when you did that? Or remember when you thought that about that person that you work with? Or remember when that parent made you angry and you wanted to punch him in the throat, but you couldn't? He, he doesn't remind me of those things. Satan reminds me. And I felt like Satan was trying to beat me down all week. I've been fighting this cold, and I was afraid I would lose my voice. And people have been praying that it would stay. And I'm so grateful that it could stay. But... He is my Savior, and I would hope he would be your Savior. So if he is not, please don't hesitate to ask me or Renee. My, that's my cousin Renee that was up here earlier. She was my husband's cousin. Her mom and my father-in-law were brother and sister. So she would be glad to share the gospel with you today. Um, but if he is not your Savior, please don't hesitate to ask one of those ladies that were here speaking today that, to share with you. Um, that would be the best Christmas gift ever if somebody would walk away from here today and tell me that they accepted Christ as their Savior. And no, we're not perfect here at North Goodland, but we love people and we love Jesus. And we just hope that we can spread the love of him and share his love with you. And I'm so glad you're all here today. Thank you for listening to me. Let's have a word of prayer. 
Lord, thank you so much for using me today to speak to these ladies. Thank you for keeping my voice strong and for helping me not get too emotional. Thank you for this time to fellowship with friends and family. And Lord, I thank you so much for the ladies that took the time to work so hard to prepare for these uh, special events throughout the year. I love Christmas. Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. And not so much of the buying and the giving of gifts, but just those family traditions, those memories, those sweet smells that we have throughout the year. But most importantly, Lord, that we remember the reason we have Christmas is because you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins so that one day we could all live with you in heaven for eternity. Lord, I just pray if there's one here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would not hesitate to find someone so they could have that uh, void in their life fulfilled. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us the rest of this Christmas season. Pray for the children's program that's coming next Sunday. I pray that you um, heal all the children that are currently ill with all these sicknesses that are going around the schools, Lord. Be with those ladies that are directing uh, that program. Keep them healthy as well. Lord, we're so thankful for all the men and ladies that have been helping with costumes and sets, Lord, and, and those that are preparing special music for the services yet to come for the holiday, Lord. I just remember, I mean, I pray, Lord, that we would take this time to remember the reason for this season is because you sent your son to be the savior of the world. In your precious and heavenly name, amen. All right, Maggie, you're up. Or is it Renee? Renee's up. I'm so grateful for you sharing, Diane, um, the way the Lord transforms our minds and, and our hearts, changes our perspective even through trials and struggles. Um, that's the freedom the Lord gives us when we, when we are just walking with him. Thank you for your testimony, Diane. Thank you for sharing those things and how the Lord has transformed your own mind, the lives that the lives of your, your children. Um, I had been asked to sing a solo, but man, I just love worshiping with other people. And so we are not going to sing for you. We are going to sing with you today. And um, a chapter that the Lord has laid on my mind about worshiping is Psalm 100. And we're going to, one of the songs we're going to sing tonight is from the Ladies' Retreat. Um, I hadn't heard it before that, but I've, I've heard it quite a few times since, and it's called Build My Life. Um, but Psalms 100 says, shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that Yahweh is God. He made us, and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for Yahweh is good, and his love, his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Does that mean we're not going to have struggles? No. It's through those struggles and those trials that God makes us who we are, and he makes us, he prepares us for how he wants us then to go out and be used. She talked about, Diane talked about several times how the Lord is using those struggles and trials to be a light and to, 
to um, have a different perspective and for what was next, what God would use her and her children for next. And that's, that's our responsibility as well. So would you join us, um, me and Abigail and, and Melody, would you join us in singing, if you don't mind standing? We're going to sing uh, one song that's not Christmas and then one song that is.
Christ. Love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. This scripture, the song, and lead me in your love to those around me. need to sit, it's okay. We're just going to sing one more song.
seen. That's what she's saying. You all recognize um, the song that came from the midnight
just want to come before you in praise, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, thank you for the simplicity of um, the message in Charlie Brown Christmas, Lord, that true love and true friendship doesn't come from anyone else around us, but from you. Lord, you are our rock. You are our strength, our strong tower, Lord, our counselor, our friend when we don't know who else to go to. You've never failed us. And Lord, your faithfulness endures forever. Thank you for the the message in that um, Christmas play, Lord, that you are the true reason for Christmas. And Lord, that we, we can't love others through ourselves, but we love others through what you do in us. Thank you for the truth of that. And Lord, thank you for each lady that was able to come today. Lord, I do lift them up before you and ask that you would bless their Christmas, that you would um, just provide in a way that's miraculous, Lord, that reveals your glory. We come before you thanking you for everything today, for the the women that served us with food and uh, time and planning and prayer and um, for Diane as she brought her testimony and what Christmas means to her, Lord. It it is a message that um, we need to remember. And for Danielle singing, Lord, thank you so much for your love. We honor you and praise you in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a Merry Christmas.